In the immortal words of popular songstress Adele, hello and welcome to Your Fest, the podcast that's all about music festivals. Those are my words, not Adele's. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny Sharples, and I'm joined by a man that's probably about 1% moustache. It's Tommy Stewart. Tommy, welcome along to another episode. Hello. Episode five. Episode five. Wow. As if we've made it this far. Um, Also, I like the word songstress a lot. That really made me laugh. It's a, it's a much underused and underutilized word, I think. We're bringing it back. <laughs> if if anything comes out of this podcast, it's that we uh, repopularize the word songstress. Normalize songstress. <laughs> yeah, hashtag. That's the new hashtag for this episode. Um, if anybody hasn't listened to our podcast before, do you want to talk them through what the whole concept and idea behind it is? Yeah, well, uh, so we, we, we don't have a guest on. Um, but No, I remembered. So... Uh, Every week we get a guest on to talk about their dream festival lineup. Uh, it can be any point, any bands, any artists, any point in history, any place or time. Three headliners um, and they need a name for the festival and a location. Did I get it right this time? You did very well, John. And our guest this week is Ed Gamble, who you've probably heard on Off Menu podcast on Radio X on Lifer's podcast, on Spotify, on Mock the Week, on all sorts. Um, he is basically podcasting royalty at this point in time. And a, very, a, a guest that we are very much both looking forward to having on, on the, the show. Yeah, he's just, he's, well, he's, he's dead funny, isn't he? Just, he is. I feel like we really should have, in, in honour of having him on from Off Menu, we should have included a band that um, if he picked them as one of his headliners, we'd kick him out of the planning committee. So um, Shit, yeah, well, we, yeah, if, well... If Ed I was Gamble about to pick, give something away. If Ed Gamble well, picks Huberstank, uh, he's out of the <laughs> out of the Yorkfest um, planning committee. Huberstank. Uh, yeah. Anyway, shall we get on with Ed's episode? Let's get to it, mate. <laughs> this is episode five of Yorkfest with Ed Gamble. Let's go. Ed Gamble, hello. Welcome to Your Fest and the Your Fest Planning Committee. Um, how are you doing today? Very well, thank you. How are you guys? I'm good. You talk about love, yeah. I love that it's a planning committee. I know. I had a thought that um, you've managed to make a, like a really exciting concept for a podcast, like quite <laughs> admin based. I, I did think could the could the planning committee be near the um, Dream Restaurant, and we could have a whole uh, yeah, just a whole town made up of podcast based. That's so weird because I did another podcast the other day and they suggested something similar and we were trying to work out who else would join the town. So I did one the other day about um, uh, about uh, Studio Ghibli films uh, and oh. they've got an imaginary film library. So we thought we could have the restaurant, the imaginary film library, and now we've got a festival planning committee. We've got, we've got everything a new town needs. <laughs> this, we're basically the Milton Keynes of podcasts. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I actually watched my first Studio... How do you say it? Ghibli or Ghibli? It's, now, I always said Ghibli, but then I was on so, a podcast so about it, and I, they say Ghibli, and you've got it. The Ghibliotech guys, you really have to you really have to take what they say <laughs> as gospel, I think. <laughs> well, I watched my first one the other day. Um, Which one did you watch? Oh, God, the, the, the big one. Spirited Away. <laughs> Spirited yes. Away is probably the big one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my, 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 my housemate's been banging on, because they always have um, Ghibli. They always have uh, Studio Ghibli nights. 
And I was like, and it was, you know what, the same thing happened with Game of Thrones on the penultimate season. Everyone in the house watching it, I basically just felt left out. Anyway, I watched it and it was great, obviously. Yeah, it's an amazing, that's an amazing film. There's some, yeah, there's some incredible ones. It's Princess Mono... Princess Mononoke, yeah, yeah that, that's a, that, that's that's a really good one. That's the most metal one. There's like decapitations <laughs> in it and stuff. <laughs> um, I also thought that the uh, you know like there's a conspiracy theory that all of the Pixar films take place in the same universe. All the podcasts take place in the same yeah. extended universe. There's just a lot of people trying to solve uh, a lot of crimes, like cold cases in our place. A lot of people killing Studio Ghibli uh, library consultants. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, to be fair, this this podcast is, I mean, it, it is essentially your podcast, Ed, with, but, but with, <laughs> oh, but yeah, with but, music. But also, I don't think we can claim that as our format. To be honest, of having a conversation and saying what's your best <laughs> best thing in a thing. I think yeah, it's good point. It's what's your best thing out of a thing has been a conversation since the first thing was invented. <laughs> I think with bands and things like that, I think even when the fifth band was uh, formed, then people started <laughs> chatting about who's your top five bands. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's only five. Yeah, but in order, yeah. what's the order? <laughs> yeah, in order, you've got to order it, yeah. For a long time, there's just people trying to pick their favourite rocks and then, yeah. you know, and then they pick their favourite fire for a bit. That was it. Favourite dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, so you, are, you, like, you obviously go to a lot of festivals. You were at Download last year. Were you supposed to be at Download this year? Yeah, I was. I was supposed to be doing uh, doing comedy downloads on the Thursday and then staying for the weekend. Yeah, which is a real shame. But I'll go back next year. To be honest, I've been to a few festivals in my life, but not as many as I would have hoped to. Just because when you start in comedy, like the you have to take every gig you get offered, and sometimes you get offered a gig at a festival, which is really fun because you can you can double it up. But quite often you'll be working on the weekend, so it's quite difficult to get away to festivals. But I've been to I've been to a fair few, a spread. What's the what's the comedy stage like at Download? Really fun. So I, that's the first time I'd done it. So the first time I'd done it and the first time I've been to Download. Um, I thought it was going to be horrible, but it's it's on the Wednesday and the Thursday. So it's for people to get there early uh, and it's in the campsite. And the weather was absolutely fucking atrocious last year. And it was like <laughs> rivers of mud from the Wednesday. It was awful, but they were really up for it. And I think it, as well, because I like the music, um, uh, they could tell that I was into it and they sort of bought into me quite easily. And it's just, it's a rabble. It's a proper rabble because it's metal fans, but they're really, they're really up for it. Did you go to, did you used to go to download before you would, you know, before you do it? I'd never, I'd never been because I'd always been working or to be honest, like I don't like, I don't have a huge amount of friends who are into it. And I think if you go to a festival for the whole weekend and camp and stuff, you want a big group of you, right? Um, yeah. But you know, I don't have masses of friends who are into it. But now I've got a couple of comedian mates who, who are on board. So yeah, and it's it's I, also I, it's also nice going and doing a gig. And we got put up in a hotel. Nice. So you did camp? Oh, God, no, I couldn't camp. <laughs> couldn't camp anymore. No, no. That, yeah, that'll be a big bone of contention in our in our discussions. I'd imagine because there's <laughs> there's no way I'm camping. Absolutely. I know. Not. I know people who. Um, I've got a couple of groups of friends who. They've been going to download since they were about, you know, like Lily Allen used to go with Keith Allen to Glastonbury when she was about four. Yeah, I've got a mate. I've got a mate who's been going with his dad and his uncles, I think, for like sixteen years on the bounce to download. Right. Like the whole family. I find, I find with a lot of metalheads, it'll be like the whole family, you know, and uh, like the whole family of metalheads. 
And I think that someone wrote an article or they're interviewed about it, but it seems like, to me, it seems, I've always wanted to go because I'm more kind of like into like Indian hip hop, but it seems like the friendliest festival. Yeah, I, I definitely found that. It's, I mean, Metalheads are the, I think, the, the friendliest flavor of uh, music obsessive anyway. Um, but yeah, it was it, it's super friendly. Really, really fun vibe. I mean, terrible weather, uh, but like I say, the hotel, great, great vibe in the hotel as well. Did you ever, did you ever go to Ozfest or like? No, Sonosphere so or... now this uh, no, I mean Sonosphere. I never went to never went to Ozfest. I think they only did it a couple of times in the UK, right? But they, I was supposed to be going once. This is one of my one of the stories which reveals quite how sort of middle class I am. Um, that I missed the, I had a ticket to the one day Ozfest, which was, I think it was Black Sabbath headlining rather than Ozzy. And then like, I think Tool were on Soulfly, uh, Raging Speedhorn. Um, and I couldn't go, uh, because I was taking part in a rowing competition, <laughs> <laughs> which we, and we got knocked out of it in the first, in the first round. So I could have made it, but you can't, no, you can't no go one, to Ozfest no in wellies. No one's ever had that conflict of interest. No, before. I'm the only person. Well, me and <laughs> me and two of my friends are the only people who that's happened to. Black, Black Sabbath or throwing yeah. coxes of pears or whatever it is. <laughs> Were you a good rower? No, not really. I, I wasn't willing to put the effort in. They wanted me to train eight times a week. I'm not doing that. I want to go to Wells first. <laughs> who, who doesn't? Um, you, in your, your stand-up, you talk a little bit about how you have a cold play face. Mm-hmm. Have you ever got any like blowback at any festivals or any like metal gigs or anything? Uh, like someone that thinks you're misappropriating it, like the metal or community or anything by being not there? not at all. Because like like we say, it's a fairly sort of welcoming uh, welcoming community. I just I think it's more that I feel self conscious about it. Um, but you don't you don't really get funny looks. I mean, to be honest, anyone goes to metal gigs. Quite often at metal gigs, especially if they're on a Friday, a Friday night, you're never going to be the dweebiest person there because there's so many people who've come straight from work in the city. So it's like proper secret metalheads who all work in offices and they've just come straight in and taken the tie off and like tied it around their head and they're fucking <laughs> ready to go. I, I, listen, I actually, weirdly, mentioning Coldplay, I, I watched their... I think it's Glastonbury 2002 or three, like their first headline set. They'd only release parachutes at that point. They hadn't even, yeah. they'd released like maybe a single or two. And I accidentally stumbled on it on YouTube and I watched the whole set and it was fucking amazing. Like they sounded absolutely incredible. Now that, so that I actually, I was into that first album and I went to see them at Brixton on that tour, um, wow. which was abso- absolutely brilliant, like proper, properly good. And then I really dropped out of it. it. It took a dive off a cliff very quickly after that. How, do, how did you first get into metal? Was it like friends, family, Coldplay forced your hand? <laughs> you kind of I think I was just looking for something to get into. I thought, well, you know, I'm a bit, I'm a bit bland. Come on, get, get into something. And I picked <laughs> up a, I picked up an issue of Kerrang magazine uh, in W. H. Smith, uh, and it was Marilyn Manson on the cover. Weirdly, I mean, it's not a reason to get into anything. Um, it was just after Columbine, so it was all about like, uh, it was all oh, about shit. his influence on the Columbine shootings. Um, and, uh, you know, I was reading about that, but within that magazine then, there was a live review of System of a Down, uh, and I couldn't work out what it even was. Like, there were pictures of them. I was like, that looks fucking batshit. And then <laughs> saying System of a Down sound, a uh, sort of jazz Armenian folk funk metal. And I was like, well, I don't know what those things mean separately, really. 
So <laughs> God knows what they sound like together. So I went and bought the first System of a Down album off the back of that, and that was it, really. I remember hearing Sweet Pea for the first time, and that mm. intro to it just like sounded enough, like nothing like even as someone that was listening to that sort of new metal stuff at the time. Just like the intro to Sweet Pea sounded like nothing I'd ever heard from anyone else before. Yeah, it's such a shock. It's such a shock, that album, the first time you hear it, especially at the time. And they were supposed to be headlining Download this year. Yeah, they were, um, weren't they? Um, I don't know what they're like, because I, I only ever saw them twice. So I saw them at uh, I saw them at Leeds Festival in maybe 2000 or 2001. I think they were sort of mid-table mid on the main stage at Leeds. And that was incredible. Uh, and then I saw them at Brixton on the Toxicity Tour, which was incredible as well. So I've not seen them since then. I know they've not released anything since then. Well, since the the last lot of releases, the the double album or whatever it was. But I don't know. I th- I always worry that bands get a bit stale, especially if they're not releasing stuff and then coming back to headline festivals. It's like you can tell it's a bit of a money grab. Uh, so I was a bit nervous about seeing them, but I would it, the nostalgia would have been enough. And now the drummers turned out to be an absolute Trump supporting nutter. So I'm not sure. Yeah, that... <laughs> yeah, that came. That sort of yeah, came out of shit. nowhere. Yeah, and um, and Chris and Chris Novoselic. Yeah, Nirvana. I mean that was balmy as well. So I was, I like me and my mates uh, at school. We were obsessed with about, like obviously still am. And I messaged him straight away as soon as I haven't spoke to him in a couple of years. Messaged him straight away. I was like, mate, you seen this? And we were just like, oh no, not. I thought he was a really nice guy. Yeah, I mean, luckily, Dave Grohl seems to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting in the nice guy stakes, right? Just seems like <laughs> yeah, the nicest man in the world. <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah. That seen, oh, seen System of Down on the Toxicity Tour. Like, Toxicity, like, revisiting it recently, like, end-to-end is just... Yeah, it's one of those albums that start. I, I love an album that starts off with the same sort of intro and then ends on the outro. And then yeah. Pearl Jam, Ten by Pearl Jam, which is one of my favourite albums, does it, and Toxicity does it as well with the flutes and sort of everything. But it's just. Like new metal gets a bad rep, that, that whole area, of, and I think they stand up, they stand separate from it. Well, they, they do. Definitely. All the all the best new metal bands are not new metal bands, so they're just bands who happen to have been around at the same yeah. time. So System of a Down, Slipknot, uh, Deftones, like all yeah. of them were above it anyway. Uh, and well, weirdly, Corn to an extent because they had some really good moments, but they're sort of like the archetypal new metal band. And then all the really bad new metal was like the second, third wave stuff when you start getting into Mushroom Head and Mudvayne and Cold Chamber and all of that. What are our thoughts on uh, What are our thoughts on um, Limp Biscuit? Uh, I like Limp Biscuit now, and I didn't at the time. I like Limp Biscuit now because I right. think they're hilarious. Um, <laughs> you watched You watched like, Fred Durst's film. I watched <laughs> watch Fred Durst's film, which is, I mean, is truly dreadful. That I think that's out now on streaming services. It's it's uh, it's called The Fanatic. It is it's so bad. Wait, what do you mean? Is he 
does he star in it? Did he write no, it? he wrote and directed it. It's his directorial oh. debut. It's John Travolta's yeah. in it, uh, playing <laughs> playing a mad uh, fan of an actor. And it's John Travolta playing, I mean, let's not beat around the bush, a straight down the line impression of an autistic person. It is crazy how bad it is. Fuck. Oh, I need that's that's what I'm watching tonight then. Yeah, you should def- definitely <laughs> watch it. it. No, it yeah, is, not it, it's really bad. Like there's a there's gonna, a moment. Yeah. I'm giving away the, the I'm giving away the best bit. It's fine. It's fine. But there's a moment where the actor, uh, played by a guy called Devin Sawyer, is driving his son around uh, and he puts on a limp biscuit track and they like <laughs> share a moment over how good it is. And the dad would be like, yeah, Lim Biscuit, I used to listen to these guys back in the day. <laughs> like they're, they're still the so relevant. <laughs> yeah, like, just... Their 2001 oh, release, Hot, uh, yeah. Hot, <laughs> Hot Dog Flavor Water, really still stands up. You don't really know why, but you want to justify ripping someone's head off. Available you know what, you know... You know what though? Some I've, I've I tweeted out before saying who's everyone's what's what's your favorite Wu Tang member because mine changed all the time, and then someone reminded me. Um, someone said Method Man, but then again he did collaborate with Limp Biscuit, and then I was like I forgot that at the time because they were so big, like Ben Stiller was on the Rolling video. Um, I think Eminem's on the Break Stuff video as well, and like like um, Exhibit as well. Yeah, I, th- I feel like people kind of had to collaborate with them just because they were the biggest band in the world for about two years, and they must look back and be like, like Method Man. It's no, it's like, no collision, no collision course by Linkin Park and Jay Z, which is getting oh, about God, its fifth airing on this podcast. <laughs> and yeah. I think I've got an ambition to get it mentioned on every episode. See, I think I was out of the new metal thing when Linkin Park. Uh, join the fold so I, I i think i actively hated linkin park for a long time the first the first two linkin park albums hybrid theory and uh meteoria meteora are both i still think they're they're really but again i that was i was listening to it at the time and i think there's probably still some yeah they passed me by so i never yeah I, I was into sort of heavier stuff by then and was quite it was becoming quite a sort of annoying purist so i wasn't <laughs> I, yeah, I was big into that. big into POD when I first got into new metal, like Christ, oh, wow. Christian new metal, Christian rock. And the first the first gig I ever went to uh, was Skindred, um, El Nino, and POD, and it was dreadlock. Uh, that's a dreadlock heavy lineup. Yeah, that is. <laughs> um, I I think POD were out of bands that. So when the first time I went to a gig by myself, POD were the first band I saw because I saw Corn at Wembley Arena supported by POD. That's Again, another dreadlock very, heavy. Very dreadlock heavy. And this is one that had dreadlocks uh, in their teenage years. You um, did? I think, yeah, I think I was strongly inspired by, by that particular gig. Well, I know what photo we're using then. For, <laughs> I, was for photo, I was asking for a photo of you the other day. I you sent me one. Who, like you look, you looking all cute with an ice cream and sunglasses on. Fucking, I'm finding that picture one hundred percent. Have you ever been to an overseas festival? I just wanted to ask before we move on. So I know there's some like Rock and Ring has a good metal lineup, and then you have got Vakken and. Um, I've never, I've, I've never done it. Hellfest is like an absolute dream one for me to go to because they seem to get the most insane metal lineups. Um, like they, they book that festival like they're booking a dream festival for a podcast. I'd say 
It's just, <laughs> and what I like about it as well is I, 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 re I will go back and look at old Hellfest posters because they excite me so much. Um, they, they have like eight stages and they're divided by genre. So like metal sub-genres, obviously, they don't, they don't stray much outside metal and uh, punk and hardcore, but they, they have like a, a punk stage, they have a hardcore stage, they have like an extreme metal stage, and then they have a main stage and like stoner and doom stage. So if you're into one thing, you just go to the stage and stay there all day and you don't have to venture. That's the one thing I will not tolerate in a festival is having to walk too far to, to do something oh. to do. That's why I will never go to Glastonbury because my friends right. are like, oh, you've got to walk 40 minutes to get to something. It's like, well, I'm so, I'm at a festival. I'm not a hiking competition. You know, I'm, I don't even know what a hiking competition is. That's how angry it is. <laughs> you, you'd, probably thing, miss, it? But, you'd probably uh, miss Ozfest to go to a, a hiking competition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, you're right, though. I've, I've been three times Glastonbury. I don't think I could now, but it's even bigger than, like people say, it's, but it's even bigger than that. It's, like the far side of it where um i can't remember what the area is called genuinely takes from from the one side to the other at night when it's kind of busy and a bit shuffly and queuey like hour and 20 minutes like yeah fuck like that. that. Like, yeah it's, it's fucking <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. not absolutely i've seen them where they've put the the, the not, not the blueprints of like the glastonbury festival but they've like superimposed it over maps of cities and stuff and you get appreciation of just how like i've seen them put it over like manchester and manchester city center is not massive anyway but it just covers the whole of the city center and it's just like i hate walking to work when i got off the bus too early at the wrong stop it's like and that's i'm getting paid to do that and go at the other end so i just think me yeah, my vibe's not chill enough for glastonbury if if i've got a sort of stroll for an hour and 20 and people are getting in my way i just want to be like just why don't they build a tram or something just have <laughs> yeah. some sort of public transport system monorail yeah like a monorail just get, monorail. get out of my get that fire poi out of my fucking face <laughs> fire at, fire at festivals is pretty metal like yeah like true Einstein or something but not you uh um, fire what, boy what, <laughs> what's this festival sorry that you that you two are talk, where is it sorry the, the one that you're talking about hellfest, hellfest in, france. in france how long's it been going for because i i don't really not know that long i don't think maybe 10 maybe 10 years but um let me look it up because the the yeah the the lineups are just madness um so i think i'm gonna try i think i'm gonna try and go the next the next time it's on i mean god knows when that'll be do we think festivals will be on next year? Like, just as a, I don't know. Do you guys think? I could. I don't see why stuff starting up now. Anyway, like, I, I don't. Yeah. The comedy gigs are fucked. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, until there's like a vaccine or a proper, proper like medication for it. I don't see why things should start again. Um, no. So, and you can't really social distance at a festival. That's the issue. Uh, I was supposed yeah. to go. I was supposed to be going to. High, one of the Hyde Park festivals, and Hyde Park's pretty big, but they've uh, they cancelled that, and I think they're going to try and get the exact same artists from this yeah. year to do it again next year, which is like, yeah. like Kendrick Lamar, Post Lamone, it's like they're going to get bigger people. I was going to see Pearl Jam, so um, it's a second. Yeah. Just to be in the same postcode as Eddie Vedder would... Uh, I was going to say, you you, know, you watching you watching Post Malone? No, it was Pearl Jam, Pixies, and someone else that I was going to see, so... Um, oh, the three separate day things. No, it was, yeah. So they do like the uh, British Summertime Festival. They do like oh, yeah. Saturday, yeah, Sundays, yeah, yeah. and then you go for one day. So I think it was like Taylor Swift, Little Mix, Kendrick Lamar, Post Malone, and then Pearl Jam and Pixies were one of the days. But um, so, so for your your dream festival, which is yeah. why, why we're gathered here today in the uh, Your Fest planning, the the 
as exciting as ever meeting room <laughs> at the Your First Planning Committee. There's a real buzz. Um, would you would you have that abroad in say France or like Germany or like Scandinavia where like the metal scene is beyond comprehension? Or I was have it over here? the thing. The thing is, I've not gone straight up metal for it because I thought you know if I can book my own thing, I don't necessarily need to appeal to one subgenre. So I have I have gone with what I would what I would enjoy, and also I didn't know how much how much this was going to fall on deaf ears talking to you guys or people listening to it. So I thought <laughs> I'd mix it up a little bit. Um, but I think I would go. I was thinking I don't really mind where it is because it's just the weather. So maybe maybe Scandinavia and have just like an incredible backdrop. I quite like that idea and of having some sort of like stark church. Or, <laughs> yeah, maybe a bird, maybe a birding church. I don't know. I don't think my Sunday night headliner would enjoy that. Uh, Pod, <laughs> <laughs> followed by Creed. <laughs> so I think, um, yeah, I think maybe maybe Scandinavia. We'll just stick. Well, I, I like Nebworth. Let's just stay at Nebworth, guys. Is do I get to pick the weather for this as well? By the way, yeah, whatever Mark. you want. It can be, we can have like our own weather system, like in the Truman Show. We'll put a big thing great. The Quite cold. Uh, I like to wear layers. Um, <laughs> no rain. Uh, hard ground, um, and definitely not sunny. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? I don't want to be warm. I hate it. I hate warm weather. <laughs> really? I like wearing layers. I don't like to have to put cream on. I don't. I, I know it puts everyone in a good mood, but the music's good enough anyway. It doesn't. It, we don't need the sun, thank you. What's what? What sort of temperature are we talking? Twelve. Mm, <laughs> it's so precise. Is that centigrade or Fahrenheit, Celsius, Kelvin? Oh, wh whatever one we use here. <laughs> the main one. Not the main foreign mock. The best one. None of that. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, we need a we need a name for your the festival as well. Like I think, Hell Hellfest is like the most metal name that you could possibly think of. I think, but Hellfest is is very very metal. Uh, I was toying with Fire Festival. Just that's available. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but then I thought I want a, I, I do want a metal name, but also I want something that incorporates uh, the other parts of my personality, which, as we've established, are rowing competitions, uh, <laughs> that level. Uh, and also I want my festival to have really like good food uh, and uh, no like a horrible festival food, like actual proper, amazing catered food from great restaurants yes. uh, that everyone can eat in one separate area and then go and see the bands in another area. Uh, no yeah, food in no food in the band area. Um, so I'm calling my festival Evil Picnic. That's oh. quite electric picnics are festival That's already. Sick. Well, this is the evil version. Are we having any? <laughs> are we having any umlauts anywhere? Oh yeah, over every letter. <laughs> That's going to mess with me trying to format the name of this episode. <laughs> evil Picnic. How did you? How did you come to that? Just well, it was just, I, I think um, it's just the combination of the, the two different things because I really, I, I love Download, I love Sonosphere, uh, I, love, I love the music at metal festivals, but also I'm a sucker for like latitude, just 
the vibe of the vibe of latitude and the food at latitude and the sort of uh relaxed i'm um, slightly more family feel to it i i genuinely like it. it's more like a fun weekend away uh but the music's just absolute turd so i'd i'd <laughs> And I'd much, I'd like a combination of the two, the sort of uh, the, the the much more sort of um, the much more sort of well-to-do uh, food elements of Latitude with the grotty music of uh, of Download or Hellfest. Is Latitude? It, it, it's uh, is that the best one for comedy as well? Just yeah, in general, definitely. definitely. I mean that that has a huge comedy tent, and people are in that comedy tent all day. People will go to Latitude for the comedy as well. Because it's latitude's got literature, music, comedy, like all sorts of things like that. Um, but the comedy tent they book amazingly. They book it like a main main stage at a festival, so they'll have like massive names and then like a, a really good bill. You like they book obviously loads of comedians together, and I think I get the impression like watching you all on television, watch, listen to all the podcasts that you are quite a close close knit that community of comedians so is the vibe between you there as well you'll be surrounded by your mates and stuff is that yeah, part of what makes it so good as well definitely i've not actually i've not done it for a few years but uh the yeah the last few times i've done it it's you know you'll you'll camp like that's where i will camp because there's like artists camping and it's just you camping with all your mates and then and then it's just a it's a it's a lovely weekend and you've got one gig to do and try and desperately to not get pissed and miss it is basically <laughs> the main. Has aim. that happened? Or, or is I came very, very close to missing it one year, and there's no phone reception, so they're just calling you. And yeah, I came very close to missing my slot, which was not, which was you know not welcomed. I like the two ends, the two the two ends of the scale of Ed Gamble missing a festival are too drunk and rowing competitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no in between. <laughs> were, you, were you drunk was that why you nearly missed no it? I, I was just being useless i think i was just i try i tried not to drink before gigs afterwards absolute right off but yeah beforehand <laughs> no so are we having this are we having your festival are we going friday saturday sunday or are you going to mix it up a bit you can have any day of the week no i think i think friday i think friday saturday sunday i want the thing is i like i, I wrestle with this a little bit because I do want to lean into it being my dream festival and do whatever the fuck I want. But also there's a part of my personality that does want this to sell tickets, even though it's not a real thing. <laughs> so I do want to an extent plan like, so my headliners are, are bands and artists that could legitimately headline a large scale festival. Right. I'm not going to put like some underground black metal band to headline because they're not going to sell the requisite amount of tickets. And I want this to be quite a large festival. So I'm thinking of this. I'm thinking of the bottom line as well. I've got a spreadsheet. Unlike, <laughs> unlike, unlike Ivor Graham, who had a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Of course he did. <laughs> the only people who are going to go to that festival are Ivor Graham and his friends. He was very it's specific. His family. On, like, his yeah, all oh, right. Had to come as well. He gave he us a, a guest list. <laughs> so Friday night opening night. Who are we going for your your Friday night headliners? Right, it's boring. It's what everyone expected. Uh, it's the ultimate um, headline festival act of the last ten years, fifteen years. Slipknot.
so me and me and Tommy basically have just had have a quick discussion uh, when we when we know who's coming on about what we predict um, people will pick. And as soon as we got the confirmation from you, I knew it was going to be Slipknot at some point. I had it written down. It's written down Very already. Yeah. Excited by it. There's like there's no there's. <sighs> Metal has a real problem at the moment of finding festival headliners. I think there's probably only like five bands that could actually headline a metal festival legitimately. Five or six. So you've got, I mean, Slipknot, then what, Iron Maiden, Metallica, uh, um, I guess Kiss could yes. probably headline. Uh, Ramstein, System of a Down, yeah. Uh, System of a Down, yeah. That's, I mean, that's re it's really it. Like, there's not, there's not many and there's no new ones coming through. Um, but Slipknot still feel like the vital young ones in that, and they've been around for so long. Um, and I saw them headline download uh, last year, and it's just incredible. They put they put on a show. This this is what I'm saying. I'm thinking of bands that could actually fill the slot and fill the stage. <laughs> uh, there's no point in picking some obscure band who've only got two albums, even no matter how good those two albums may be. I, I want bands who could legitimately play a set of straight bangers. Uh, and can fill the stage uh, and have a proper stage show uh, and that will bring people in and Slipknot are the best band at doing all of those things. Can you can you remember like the first Slipknot song you ever heard? Uh, yeah well it would have been the I guess it would have been well it would have been the debut album so but what I've heard that was back in the day where you just sort of bought an album. Yeah. Yeah, and so I probably wouldn't MTV have heard it. Yeah Slipknot. but I think I would have just bought that album based on what they look like uh, in a magazine that I saw. Um, so I, the first song I probably heard was was "Sick," I guess, which is the opener on that on that debut album, uh, which they played at Download, of course. Um, <laughs> Sick. Oh, <they're>, <laughs> didn't mean to do that. <laughs> sorry. Um, um, and just yeah, just amazing. I, I'd not. Say, I've only. I've actually only seen them. So I've seen them three times now. The first time I saw them was at Leeds Festival maybe the year before I saw System of a Down um, doing a short set. I mean, I think they were reasonably high up on the main stage, even though they'd just released that first album. Um, and then I saw them at Download. And then uh, in, no, four times. In January, I saw them at the O2. And then the night after I saw them at the O2, I saw them do uh, a BBC session at Maida Vale in front of 120 people. Oh, you went is, to it? Yeah. Which is... Wow. The the best thing ever. <laughs> Fucking hell! Just like, did they still try and obviously with a small crowd? They still try and put on the full show. They, I mean, obviously you can't do like pyros and the sort of. I mean, the the drums and the percussion was, you know, that you know, clown had one keg instead of <laughs> everything to beat the shit out of. But that, they seem to be absolutely loving it because they they'd not played a gig that small in twenty years. So they were like, Clown was running into the into the crowd and like getting amongst it, and Corey was like right on top of us. It was just, it was fucking amazing. How loud was it? Uh, not that loud because they were recording it for the radio, so it wasn't. It didn't feel like a club show in terms of the sonics of it, but the actual the feel of it was just incredible. And to be that close to them was amazing, especially having seen them at the O2 the night before. And then uh, wow. download a few months before that. But they're such a they're such a big arena band and a big festival band, which is madness. Bearing in mind it's nine blokes with stupid masks on. <laughs> have, have you ever been tempted to do the whole, not necessarily the mask thing, but the corpse paint sort of thing yourself? 
I, I, I didn't, I've not been tempted by corpse paint. I mean, it, does anyone wear corpse paint on a, on a regular daily basis? I the guy's from Immortal, and I think that's probably about it. Yeah, sure, but they're in Immortal. <laughs> you know, I think that's fine. You know, they're not working normal jobs. Um, <laughs> going, to, going to B&Q to get some, like, bits and pieces. <laughs> I've never even really been tempted by it for, for going to gigs or festivals or anything, anything like that. When, when Slipknot uh, first came out with that first album, uh, I tried to buy a jumpsuit. I went and tried <laughs> to buy a boiler, boiler suit from Camden. How old were So I would have been 13. I just really <laughs> wanted a, my own boiler suit. And now I actually do have, I've got two boiler suits, but one of them's sort of one of them's dusky pink <laughs> which is might take a new direction yeah exactly <laughs> but i remember i went to, i went to a slipknot signing in 1999 uh, uh virgin megastore on oxford street uh and the bloke in front of we we queued for four and a half hours to meet them and the bloke in front of me had uh, had a white jumpsuit on and on the back he'd drawn a big arrow down to his ass uh, and written shit slot <laughs> <laughs> Did that joke get old after four and a half hours of being stood behind? It got it got old after a minute, I think. <laughs> the thing is, the irony is he's wearing he's wearing white as well. So like, yeah, does go wrong. Then it's very is fucking apparently a yeah. shit spot. I was going to say my my first memory is I'm kind of like a backseat like armchair fan of Slipknot. Like I am a fan, but not um not a I don't know studious on them. But uh, I remember watching. I remember the Wait and Bleed video because it's like the video is like them live. That's the first song I heard of them. And then obviously I went out and bought, I don't think it was, it wasn't on Iowa, was it? But it was around the time they were releasing Iowa and it was that silver case of Iowa. But watching that video, and I think a part of the thrill of it at that age when I was 11 or 12 was like the shock of like your parents. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck is that? And then just going out and buying it and just feeling so fucking cool. Like just to, and just to play it loud in your room on your, on your, mini walkman thing with your headphones in there's always been that in in music especially rock music i think that, that ability to to shock your parents i think which i don't know they've sort of lost it a bit now i don't i can't think of many bands that would do that it's a bit more it's weirdly more all about the music now in terms it, it's less about the image and the entire gimmick but around that time takeshi 69 he's the only one i can think of i think that's his name like the kind of soundcloud rapper guy who has like green and pink hair and he went to jail recently. That's, yeah, that's what you've got right. to do now. That's how much you've got to lean into a gimmick. You've actually got to go to jail. <laughs> it's not enough to have a mask. You've got to, you've got to do time. Talk, talking about Slipknot and their ability to shock, like it's give, it did give me a chance to revisit what is one of my favourite pages on the entire internet, which is a 2002 Newsround article where they asked, asked Newsround viewers what their... Um, favorite new metal song of the year was and so i've got i've got <laughs> got some examples written down mainly the slipknot based ones so emma who was 14 from notting hill said i don't like new metal at all i think the music is really loud and violent and i don't like it at all slipknot is vulgar for throwing animal guts at all their fans i don't see how i could like a band like slipknot so <laughs> there you go I'm, I'm Amber 13 from London agreed, got to agree with Emma there. I'm certainly not the type of girl who listens to stuff like Slipknot. I'd much rather kiss a pig than listen to new metal. <laughs> Which is one of the things that Slipknot used to do on stage. 
<laughs> Laura 13 from Southampton sorry to all you new metalers I'm a pop fan through and through oh. having said that I do quite like Badly Drawn Boy some, <laughs> <laughs> some bands not naming names but Slipknot are well cruel to animals throwing guts at fans so, uh, but then we did have a positive one. Sophie from Hull said, okay, oh. lots of people have been putting Sum 41 and Blink-182 down as new metal, but they aren't. Sum 41 are pop punk, whilst Blink-182 are punk rock brackets. Their sounds are much more matured. New metal is when a band has a sampler. So my favorite new metal song will probably be Slipknot's My Plague, which is a good song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. It and then is. just quickly, one last one. Zedrel from uh, Wirral said, why best new metal song of the year? Why not best alternative song of the year? New metal has been watered down. It was good when it was in early, its early days with Sepulchre, hard to disagree, and early, in inverted commas, Limp Biscuit and Corn. The best song of the year so far is easily Nora Jones. Don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Real left turn at the end. And, and I, did spot, I'll go, I'll just do what, I did spot someone called Ames, spelled A-M-E-S. Um, from Kettering, which which drew my suspicions, <laughs> um, and they said we think new metal oh. music is way too cool for school. In too deep by some forty one is legendary. New metal lives on. So that was by Ames, not James from Kettering. Yeah, is. not James, definitely not James. <laughs> oh but god, like that's whole, great. The whole theatrics of music as a whole, like especially metal music. I'm a big Kiss fan, which um, has been embarrassingly uh, divulged a few times on this. But like the whole thing that I got into Kiss when I was about eleven or twelve, I saw them on TV, and they had like Gene Simmons' tongue was like sticking out, and they had fireworks everywhere. And I think that is still like I loved Andrew WK when Andrew WK first came. Around. Yes. stupidity and theatrics i think you get that in he's another great he's another great festival act as well he can fill a stage like that's you just i think you just I need that you need that in a headliner yeah i so thought i get what he played i get wet in full uh, probably about six or seven years ago and at one point he stopped playing it and brought out a piano and started just playing like classical piano music and then he brought <laughs> <laughs> then he brought out a guitar that was shaped like a slice of pizza and started playing the free bird like the whole solo from Freebird. Amazing. Like it's like, you obviously have so much talent, but what you decided to do with that all was to just <laughs> shout about partying down a microphone and throw up all over yourself and like punch he's yourself in the face. He's basically a motivational speaker now, isn't he? So the, the last <laughs> yeah. album, so a couple of years ago, he released an album, which is really good, but like a lot of it's like spoken word motivational stuff. Yeah, um, yeah my, one of my mates is a massive fan. Um, which was just like whole like him just sh obviously shouting music is worth living for over and over yeah. again yeah, but yeah the whole yeah, point yeah. of it was just like motivational like do what you love sort of stuff isn't it really cool yeah I, my mate is a massive fan he's, he's told me about this that he's just like a really sick guy like I... yeah. he did uh he did loads of columns about like um 
answering like reader questions about like mental health and he went into like loads of like really good detail about like that was it it's about like just do what you love which is his whole ethos but i love, I love andrew wk get him on as a guest write that one down get andrew <laughs> <laughs> i'll call him after this yeah just can we, could, you know you know on that, that thing that news thing you were just talking about i can we just talk about the fact that badly drawn boy was considered what what is it alternative or metal or something to us maybe we need to like did not ever i know they did the there's the whole crow thing where they guffed guffed the crow essentially but did but, they actually throw guts out at the fans i think maybe they they then said that they threw tore the crow up and threw it into the crowd or whatever but all of I, I take all of that with a pinch of salt. Like that's just that's early interviews. Them trying to get themselves on the map, and they probably did do that sort of stupid shit. But they don't. They've not kept doing it. But you know, there's loads of there's loads of metal bands that do stuff like that, and it's just silly. I think it's just silly. Were there any other bands that you considered for your Friday night headline slot? Or is well, he can he can have a supporter. He can have yeah, a supporter. Yeah, like yeah. people or other stage. Yeah. See, but. Having having a support, I kind of I want to go like weird and uh, and have a different sort of um, artist supporting, but then also you've got to think about how the day glues together. Is this where you pick Daphne and Celeste and we rerun Reading from uh, two thousand? No, but I was at that Leeds where they did that. That was fucking <laughs> astonishing. Um, no, so I think I, I would have to go metal. So I, I'd probably have to go like I'd go like Mastodon or Baroness as main support. Uh, because Mastodon have got tunes, they've got bangers, and they can fill that stage. They're not a very exciting, like dynamic live band necessarily, um, but they'd be a lot of fun supporting Slipknot, I think. And I then there's a huge buzz about um, Mastodon when they released Lev. Uh, I can't pronounce it. Lev. 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 Leviathan. Yeah. Yeah. That they, they like. It felt like they were going to break through as something absolutely huge. Yeah, but now they're just sort of top of the metal tree. They feel like they they could yeah like they could push through to the Slipknot level, but yeah, I think I think it's also that they just got very twiddly and a little bit prog, and I love all that stuff, but it's not gonna. I think you need to go the other direction if you want to break through to the could, next the next level. Could they be in that next batch? Like, because you know you're saying there's no one really coming through, and there's this kind of circuit of six or seven acts who headline all like download etc. Are they ones who could genuinely potentially push through? Or are there sort of any others? Like, for instance, and Shikari, are they like on that sort of for download? Next? Yeah, I th I think so. I think for download they are because I think they headlined one of the lower stages last year. Maybe um, I don't know too much about and Shikari to be honest, but uh, I, uh, they've just released another album which seems to be quite popular. But um, yeah, potentially. My big takeaway from Enter Shikari is when they, they, I used to go to a nightclub in Preston called The Warehouse, and whenever they played Sorry You're Not a Winner, everyone would stop and do the clap, clap, clap bit. Yeah, just like yeah. avoiding that floor and going to a different floor. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's there's a few British bands who feel like they've got really good, really good albums, and then also the weight of public opinion behind them. Like, so a, a band like Creeper or uh, or Architects, who yes. who have like wicked albums, uh, and also people just seem to love them and want them to succeed. 
so you sort of you sort of hope that that's the next batch that maybe architects can push through and, and end up headlining download people who love architects like um i was we had an indie band and the drummer was he was more he's he into his like indie music but he's also into his heavy stuff but people who love architects fucking love architects yeah like he was like that like so devoted and and any sort of picture or video he had from the gig it was just like you know a big loving yeah they're, they're, their fans are very dedicated and you you sort of think if you see that then surely that they can find more and more people who, who are that into them but then there's like bring me the horizon who you would have thought were on that track to headline download and then just sort of pivoted off into a, into a different direction. We should move on to Saturday. I think I you're still going to be excited by Saturday. Is it, um, is it POD? <laughs> no, it's not POD. There's some acronyms flying around though. So can I have a double, he- can I have a double headline uh, because they can collaborate with each other as well? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, we'll go for that. We've had a mashup, so we'll go. Um, so double, double headliner, uh, Rage Against the Machine and Run the Jewels. Yes. Yeah. Oh man! I mean, it's uh, Run the Jewels are just in my brain at the moment because the uh, Run the Jewels four just came out and I've not stopped listening to it. Um, um, Rage Against the Machine, I never stopped. I've not stopped listening to for twenty five years, and obviously Zach is on this Run the Jewels album and, and Run the Jewels 2. Um, so I want the Zach, Bo, Zach on for both guest spots in uh, in the Run the Jewels set. And then Killer Mike, maybe for like, I don't know, half the Rage Against the Machine songs. I want I want a new a new <laughs> verse in every Rage Against the Machine song. Oh, man. That is, I I mean, I've, I keep changing mine in my head. Um, that could easily make mine because that, that, that new Run the Jewels album, man, is yeah. absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah, and it may and it makes like every time you hear Zach Delarocha's voice, you, then that makes me go back to Rage again. Yeah, and he is such an underrated rapper, like as an actual MC. He's and I'm I'm a big hip hop head. Yeah, and, and the fact the fact that he's going on Run the Jewels albums means you know he yeah. is obviously respected. But yeah, he no, is, he's he's an he's an amazing MC, and obviously because he's lumped in with metal, and to an extent that rapping within metal has been soured by everything that came after rage uh, rage against the machine so he gets forgot it gets forgotten about how good an mc he actually is because i think it's pretty much just him who can rap over metal well yeah i cut yeah. i cut i suppose i suppose ice t has body count but then i see i see ice t as a rapper with metal backing yeah, although yeah. you know they often get they often get sort of dismissed the most recent, bo- I think the most recent Body Count album is fucking vicious. It's great. There's a, <laughs> there's a song called The Ski Mask Way, which is him listing uh, listing all the reasons why he'll go and rob someone. It's fucking brilliant. Are you, right are, you a, are you a fan of, of like metal and rap being combined? Like not just 
collision course, but you've got like Public Enemy and uh, Anthrax doing their yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's DMC and Aerosmith. Great. Best day, yeah, but... I, lo- I, I love the, the Public Enemy and Anthrax is great, but only because they're both separately very good at what they do and they've found a way of combining it. Um, there's not many like rap metal bands who I'm particularly into. There was a British band called One Minute Silence. Um, yeah who I used to, I, I was really into them. I think they were, no, they, I think they might have been Irish actually. Um, they were fun, but again, the rapper, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't take the lead singer out of it and say he was a good rapper. It was a good version of whatever that was. Uh, there's a sort of grime D and B metal band called Hacktivist, uh, who've got some really, really good stuff as well. And the, actually their MC is, is really good. Um, but I, I wouldn't say it's a genre I'm particularly particularly impressed by most of the time. Apart, um, I mean, Rage Against the Machine are probably probably the best. Song alone, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah and it they... sounds so fresh. So I've been on just the massive like because of Run the Jewels, I've gone back to Rage loads, and then also just anything Zach's done. So I was re-listening this morning to uh, Zach's guest spot on the second Ronnie Size album. Um, right, wow. Which is incredible. I think the track's called Eye of the Storm. Um, it's amazing. Wow. Like, it's up there for me. I mean, I think Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck on Run the Jewels 2 is one of the best songs of all time. So I think yeah. that's gonna that song is gonna close out the Saturday night. Nice. Is that your favorite Run, Run the Jewels album, by the way? Too. Uh, yeah, because I've not had enough time with four yet, but I think it's gonna be four. Yeah, I can so feel yeah. that happening, but two is my yeah. favorite. I think the last the, the last track the last track on um the last track on the new one. I can't remember yeah, the name of it. I can't remember the name it, of it either. But it's it's I can't stop listening to that song. About you know, you just have a song for about. Ever since it's came out, basically listen about five, a few points of the firing squad. That's it. Or, that's it. Yeah, the, actually, the previous one I think is my favourite. The pu- pulling the pin, the one with Mavis Staples on it. Yes, is, yeah. Is and then, incredible. but my brother had six music on before, and um, and they're playing the the single, the one with uh, Pharrell and who else is on it? I think it's maybe track six or seven. The one with Zach on, on it as music. well. There you go. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. one for Alan Zach. Uh, just, yeah. It's. So, I mean, it's so good. It's such a phenomenal album. I think. So they were supposed to be. Were they subbing for Rage at, at Reading and Leeds this year? Um, right. Okay. And obviously that's been cancelled. I mean that that was basically my. I I did Reading and Leeds festival last year, but I didn't want to stick around for any of the music because it wasn't particularly my thing anymore. Because Reading and Leeds used to have the the Rock Day, which was just brilliant but this year they, they had rage and they had uh run the jewels and yeah so i mean i've stolen that from my festival for evil Pick. <laughs> you. Have, you, have you did you ever manage to catch rage at any point obviously they did their reunion gigs like 
only saw them once. I saw them at Leeds Festival again this same year at Leeds Festival, I think. Uh, that must have been 2000, so that was probably... They did Leeds, they did Reading, and that's probably when they split up uh, the first time. And then I, I didn't go to... I couldn't get to any of the reunion ones. Um, so I'm desperate to see them again. I used to have Rage Against the Machine VHS, which was like all their music videos and uh, live videos uh -huh. and stuff. And I, used to, I just ran that dry. Like, it was it's so good. I had a raging, I think it might have been live in Mexico City, I want to say. Um, yeah. Live performance of them when I was younger. And that's just, yeah, just, I, I love the fact that, you know, as soon as you see the song title, you already know what the chorus is going to be with Rage yeah, Against yeah. the Machine. <laughs> it's just going to be them shouting that one thing over yeah. and over again. But did you buy the um, Killing in the Name of to get to Christmas number one? Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> had to contribute to that. There's a very embarrassing moment on Facebook memories every single Christmas time where I'm complaining about, because obviously it's 10 years ago and I've grown as a person since then, but um, complaining that you're just falling into the trap of doing what everyone's telling you to do already by buying Rage Against the Machine. It's just like, I should just delete it so I don't have to relive this horrible memory of the person I was every year. <laughs> But um, they just I mean, also, also it's incredible. It, as a um, like playing guitar around that time as well, and they it's it was one of those things that I don't know if any of you guys play an instrument or whatever, but it was kind of a competition between mates in like year seven or eight. It's like who can play Killing in, in the name of, and still to this day, if I pick up guitar, I'll I'll put it straight in drop D and just try yeah. and play and um. Bomb track is wait no what's the first yeah 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 that one as well when I learned to play that and could show show my mates that rather than killing the name of it. I still, it, it, yeah, it's the first thing I'm I mean, I, d I don't know anything about a guitar or the technical nature of it, but it seems to me Tom Morello is just an absolute genius. Like, there's there's sounds coming out of that guy's guitar that you, I don't know how he does it. And there's like, I think it's in I the uh, Bullet in the Head video, you see him like he's leaning right into the right into the amp and he's like playing it through three amps or something to get that yeah. noise. Yeah, again, yeah, the mad. distortion and, and yeah. the feedback and, and, but well, e even like the the biggest single, even on Killing the Name of the solo on that, like when it does like the high bits, and I mean, don't worry, I will actually put this on in the background, <laughs> rather than me just going. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I've been um, in the same room as Tom Morello twice, not not seeing them. Like I I um I was at the comedy store in LA watching watching a gig and. At the end of the night, I turned around and he was stood in the corner of the room and I'd lost my fucking mind. Uh, and then I got to host the Metal Hammer Golden God Awards in 2017 uh, and got to bring all the bands on stage, including Clutch, who were like my favourite band ever. That's the set list from that night just behind me there. Uh, and Mastodon as well. Um, and Prophets of Rage were there collecting an award. Um, and I was stood off to the side of the stage and they all walked past me. And Tom Morello's quite tall and he's just like wafted past me. I'm like, that guy's fucking amazing. And then I felt a little tap on my shoulder and no one had come to say hello to me all night. Like all the bands just got on with it. They just ignored me. Uh, and I looked down and it was just, it was this man. And I didn't recognize him for a second. He went, hello, I'm Chuck. And it was Chuck D. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs>
just a nice man, just a lovely man. <laughs> Came to say hello to me and because he'd seen I was working there and he introduced himself. Very polite man. Yeah, he's a great man. He is a great man as well. Would, yeah. Oh, could 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 would uh, would he feature? Like could Public Enemy join in as well? Well, I was I don't have Public Enemy on that, so I need. Are we? Uh, do you do you want a support for this as well? You can you can um, if you want to name one. Yeah, because the best I, I I saw Run the Jewels at Brixton, and their support was amazing. And I think it'd be nice to have him back supporting uh, Danny Brown. Remember when my first meal was school lunch? Now I spit a sixteen straight with no punch. Remember all but then all we ate was Captain Crunch. Now we blow big notes on our way to brunch. Went from good fella to commissary slips. Now I got back up, man. Every time I slept, never ever. Yes. Yeah. So I want Danny Brown, then Run the Jewels, then Rage Against the Machine, and then a, a, a Rage and Rage and Run the Jewels mashup set. He's one of uh, James Acaster's favourite, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's just he's incredible. Like I don't I I, I sort of pop into hip hop now and again. I, I'm t- I'm far I'm far too immersed in the world of metal to to be able to get obsessed with with anything else. Um, but Danny Brown, just incredible. I think it has to be extreme or weird for me to enjoy hip-hop a lot yeah, of the time. I, I don't think of like yeah I, I, it's probably the same but the other way around with me and metal I'm so into hip-hop that I I, I like metal but you know appreciate the kind of mainstream aspects of it I guess but I've done think there's no rapper like Danny Brown I've never heard anything yeah. before or since like him it's completely unconventional completely his own thing also, he's just like a lot of the stuff he's rapping about is just so sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's not about how great his life is; it's about like how fucked up he is and how he can't get an erection during a threesome and stuff. <laughs> Fucking yeah. bleak. All very, all very relatable things that I've yeah. all, all been through and experienced. Emo, emo rap's a big thing these days. Like sad yeah. rap is such a big thing. Yeah. Sad. Sorry, rap. Johnny. <laughs> were you ever a fan? Were you ever a fan of Audio Slave? Again, not really. I think they might have come out at a time when I sort of like, I dropped out of it a little bit. But, and I've never, I've always been slightly suspicious of like super groups as well. I don't think there's many super, like many super groups more super than just having Chris Cornell's incredible yeah. voice over Rage Against the Machine's credible, incredible yeah. instruments. But um, me and Tommy were talking last night about Chris. We had a brief discussion around Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder and how like the whole grunge movement was because I love um, grunge, um, embarrassingly. Uh, so, but like audio slave, Not embarrassing, mate. Not embarrassing at all. Gr- grunge in twenty twenty is very embarrassing. <laughs> very embarrassing. What is their new since. grunge? Well, there was Creed and Nickelback took the whole grunge thing, <laughs> um, and Sil- Silverchair yeah. between them were all right, yeah. but. Um, no, like Audio Slave and Chris Cornell's voice, um, like when you hear it crack, I think it was one of the big things when he passed away. People were talking about how it, on uh, Kachais, um, Pochis, whatever you want to call it. I've never known how to say that either. Um, his, what, the way his voice cracks in certain places just makes it even, it's like possibly a failure on not having a pure voice, but it just improves it to that level. Well, I, was, I was trying to impress you, wasn't I? Because I was sending you, uh, I was like, hey. I like I like some things you like. Uh, so I was like, just listen to Prince and uh, stumble across this Chris Cornell covering Nothing Compares to You. It's been seven hours and 15 days Since you took your love away I 
don't know if you've seen it before. There you go, mate. <laughs> and then and I replied with, he does, a good, he does a good cover of Redemption song and then started talking through the history of, like, uh, Mud Honey, right. and, uh, Cheers, like, Temple of the Dog <laughs> and all this sort of... Trying to be nice. Trying to be nice. <laughs> but run the run the jewels aren't someone that I'm particularly familiar. With. I think the Raging Against the Machine run the jewels hits the sweet spot between my my music taste and Tommy's music taste like perfectly. Uh, oh great! Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. As, I mean, as the uh, planning committee, we yeah, that's a straight away. This, this is already the most. I'm glad the committee though. is on board. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm saving the planning permission right through here. I think like, I'm I about. To, I think I'm about to absolutely spoil it with my uh, with my Sunday headliner. <laughs> Should we move to Sunday then? And uh, yeah, Sunday, we'll, just, yeah. we'll cancel this festival before it's even begun. This is by far the longest because it's like so far because we've actually just. It's nice actually because I've I've actually learned quite a lot and actually just talked about music. Like, I mean, so m- oh, normally you get sidetracked. Oh, I, with Reese, we spent about twenty minutes talking about The Apprentice at one point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, See, that's the problem. With, get me on something like this. I'm far too into the actual topics to branch off into any other sort of funnier sides. I just want to talk about music. <laughs> no, it's fucking, it's fucking great. It's great. Uh, yeah, let's go to. Oh, one more thing. I've, I was, it was when you said rage. It's the first thing I've thought of. Has anyone else seen the bloody like the far right and Trump? Because Tom Tom Morello um, tweeted something anti-Trump. Yeah, and people they they're all replying to him on Twitter saying. Yeah, I like your music, bro, but don't want to hear about your fucking politics. And he's, he's like, have you been listening to Rage Against the Machine for the last... What? This is a man that has this this machine kills fascists on the back you of his can, guitar. Yeah, you can't really separate the two things, can you? The, the, no. the, the music is... quite Sometimes, I think, Rage Against the Machine, are, uh, they're a political movement and then a band second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. I think, they are oh, probably, I think they're probably the most political... Certainly, I think they're probably the most political rock band that I can think yeah, of. Yeah, out, outside of punk. Yeah. Yeah. What was um? Who was the the Russian punk band? Pussy, Pussy Riot. Riot. Pussy they're Riot. Yeah. Most, if we're talking about the most political band ever. Yeah, that that's true because I I am aware of Pussy Riot. I I'm aware of their politics, but I don't think I've ever heard a Pussy Riot song. Same here. Same. Yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Let's let's move to Sunday, shall we? Who's your Sunday night headliner, Ed. I think I just got a bit tired. I just didn't want to do the most obvious thing and be like, oh, here comes Ed. He likes metal. He's going to... And I know I've basically picked Slipknot and Rage Against the Machine so far, so it feels fairly obvious. So I've gone with another person that I love who's not a metal star, and we're digging him up. uh, And I want want Johnny Cash with with June Carter Cash. I'm Mate. completely on board with that. I think that's Rocket. the per- he's the perfect Sunday night headliner. But and here's the key thing: we've got a burning church in the background. <laughs> the one <laughs> element of Johnny Cash, I don't want any of his religious shit. I don't want any of the. I don't want what my mother's songbook he released, and I don't want that. When the man comes around, is uh, quotes uh, Revelation at the start of it, doesn't it as well? Yeah, so. well, he can do that. That's fine. Um, 
but none of the like none of the old hymns uh I want like I want early Johnny Cash. I want all the and I want all the sort of Folsom Prison Blues and San Quentin stuff, and then I want like a lot of it dedicating dedicated to the American Recordings albums. Uh, I want yeah, I want all of the Rick Rubin stuff uh, and all of the fucking real dirgy stuff on the last album just before he died. I hurt myself today. To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real That's oh, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, for Sunday, that is so perfect. But like you say, the, the variation between the two, because, I mean, you'd go into those moments when he's doing... Um, all that stuff, the Rick Rubin stuff and hurt and whatnot. And then you kind of get deep and emotional with your mates, but then bring it up with uh, Walk the Line or and so yeah. on. Yeah, fire. My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away In the well, because I'm resurrecting June as well, because I want them to do Jackson, uh, it's it's hard, isn't it? Because if they're both still alive, all of that stuff later on, like her, is so, the emotion in that is so based on her dying. Um, and he just invested all of that energy into the music. I think, sadly, what we're going to have to do is have the first half of the set, Please those don't say two, we're killing her off halfway yeah. through. <laughs> those two and have them singing together and then she's actually going to have to die halfway through the set and then, <laughs> and then he's going to do the the sad stuff i did i did worry that we were gonna have to cancel this festival but i think there's a fatality part way through the final night but, uh, because i want the emotion to be real <laughs> he's, he'll be grieving on <laughs> yeah is that on the poster? Fucking live, live death of yeah. June Carter halfway through Sunday night. On the bottom yeah. of it where they have like dodgems um, at the poster where they have stuff like dodgems and fun fair. <laughs> um, is, Johnny, is Johnny Cash someone that you you like recently discovered, or is he like someone that maybe your dad was into or anything like that? No, I mean I think I've liked him since I was a teenager. Really, like. Uh... I guess it w probably discovered him a bit through those, I mean, whenever those Rick Rubin albums came out. So probably just leading up to his death, maybe maybe slightly afterwards, and then went back and, the, the I mean, I had a mass, I had that massive poster of him flipping the bird at the, I think, was it the Folsom Prison gig, I think? Yeah, I think yes. so. Um, on, my po on my wall at university and stuff. I just thought he was the, cool, the coolest man ever. Um, and I listened oh, yeah. to the San Quentin album on repeat. Like that, when he plays the song San Quentin and they all lose their fucking minds and then yeah. he just plays it again. <laughs> yeah. Did he, did he write it for, didn't he write it for that? For yeah, the, I think he, he said he wrote it the day before. He says that on yes, stage. that's it. That's it, yeah. Um, and I've listened to that album so much, I think I can remember the names of the prisoners in the, in the admin announcements that get done <laughs> over the PA. Because there's one, Brilliant. there's a guy, the Sandoval, Sandoval, and he goes, Sandoval, Sandoval. <laughs> the guy tries to get the name right. Not to bring this back to POD yet again, but there's yeah. the two brothers in POD <laughs> oh, who are called the Sandoval brothers. <laughs> Sandoval. Um, 
I want all that as I, well. I want the prison. I want the prison guard announcing stuff over the over the PA. Fucking brilliant! <laughs> you resurrect him. I'm going to assume that he might have died as well, so he resurrect. Yeah, him. he needs to come back. Special guest spot. I kind of feel the same about Cash. I had that poster as well in in first year of uni. This the same one. It was my granddad who got me into him. He was he was absolutely obsessed with him. So like my childhood, when he you know when you your pet grandparents would take you out. All we had on in the car was uh, Johnny Cash and Dolly Parton, actually. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, for me, he's just, I don't know what the word, the best way of saying it is, part of your subconscious, really. Yeah. I, so, I mean, he's also, he's just such an icon, like, he's like a proper superstar. Like, not tangible. I can't imagine ever meeting him or seeing him in real life, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. I had a, I, it was between him... Or, you know, if I can have a support... Of course you can, mate. Then, fuck it, everything's out the window. Let's just have a proper dream festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want I want David Bowie and Tom Waits. <laughs> oh, why? I could imagine David Bowie, Tom Waits and Johnny Cash all getting together to do, like, a... Yeah. A line of coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a fat fucking line of coke. Um... Yeah. With, with oh, Johnny, but, with Johnny Cash, and Hurt, um, would you be tempted to get Trent Reznor to come on stage and just like look, I think, show him how it's done? I think, yeah, I mean that would be mad if it <laughs> have Nine Inch Nails backing Johnny Cash to sing Hurt, him doing hit, trying to do the really slow, grumbly version of it. No, I, I'm I'm happy with that. I also thought maybe Clutch should support because they're sort of they've got that bluesy sort of country feel to them as well. And then my Johnny said you'd say, yeah. Johnny said you'd say them. I predicted yeah. you'd pick Clutch. I predicted you picked uh, Black Sabbath possibly somewhere as well. Yeah, I so, but it would have to be like seventies Sabbath. Um, having seen Sabbath recently, it's not that exciting a prospect. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, Ozzy's just a bit, a bit fucked. I mean, it's still good. It's still exciting, and Tony Iommi's still on like a hot form. Um, but yeah, Ozzy's just a bit. Yeah, he's not been well, has he? Bless him. No. Um, what's What's your favorite? Have... What I said, What's your favorite Sabbath album? I think Masters of Reality, I think, has got yes. the the big the biggest tunes on it. But then, like the first one's iconic as well, isn't it? But like the first the first three are all three three to five, maybe the first five are all are all amazing. <laughs> In preparation for this, I went back and I was like, search for war pigs, and then got distracted by the Faith No More version, and then yeah. got distracted even more by the Cake version. I don't know if you've ever heard Cake's cover of no, War Pigs, not, but no. it's just like in their complete typical style, and then nothing like the original. So Faith um, No More are a shout for a headliner for download as well, you know, because they they sell mad tickets when they when they tour when they you know finally get round to it. So I think they might have subbed before, but they've been an amazing headliner. 
Not for this festival, though. I want Johnny Cash with June Carter Cash, and I want her to die halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that possibly is where we should, like June Carter, end it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can we... Oh, maybe we shouldn't get into it. How she died? Just how she died in real life? Uh, Which is not for death. Yeah, I'm not. She's not going <laughs> to... She's going to choke on a hot dog or something. Um, <laughs> Not as evil picnic. There's no food allowed in the band area. <laughs> oh, we didn't do that actually, because I do like to ask that. Um, you said about having nice food. What what food are we talking? Oh, so in it's the nice area. All of my favourite restaurants, but properly catered, and you can sit down. That's what they had at Latitude one. Well, actually, then they have it every, every year. They have like an outdoor restaurant where you can book a table and go and sit down and have a meal. I like right. that. I like my creature comforts. Um, so. Let's have let's have food from Jim Carner, uh, Shaq Fu Yu, uh, Hawksmoor. Um, mm. Where else? Where else? I want two. I want two more. Um, this is exciting, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yard sale pizza, and actually, that's it. What was the second one? Shaq Shaq Fu Yu. Shack Shack Fu Yu. It's one word. S S H A C K F U Y U. Cool. Um, yeah, brilliant. Great lineup. Great food. I think of all the festivals, I think this one is the apart from the death of June Carter Cash, <laughs> <laughs> is is the one I'm most excited for. Great. <laughs> Ed, uh, thank you for joining us. Not thank you for killing June Carter Cash again. <laughs> She's Thanks dead already. R.I.P. June. <laughs> That was episode five of Your Fest with the wonderful Ed Gamble. And I think that is the festival so far that I am most like. If, if it didn't come across clearly that I just want to go and see Slipknot, um, I think that's the, part of the festival so far that I'm most likely to be at. Did you, did you enjoy it, Tom? Yeah, I've, I loved it. Um, I mean, I'm not as into that. Obviously, as you can probably hear from the episode, I'm not as into, into heavy metal as you guys but it does have a big place in my heart especially like from my you know teenage years but you know bit of a um bit of a left turn with the whole uh run the jewels and rage against machine the, the joint the joint headliner thing i was into that i think that's a really good shout as well i think even so more yeah so- i i definitely go to that 12 degree festival even bigger left turn when uh, we had to kill off June Carter Cash again at the end, which... Uh, <laughs> I mean, but but on, on the positive side, um, Ed didn't pick Hoobastank, so he was allowed to stay for the, the whole uh, episode there. Um, thank God. It, thank, thank God he didn't pick Hoobastank. We just had to put up with the, the death of Johnny Cash's wife. And, <laughs> and, uh, swing some roundabouts. Swing some roundabouts. Um, hey, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. But um, if you enjoyed Ed Gamble's episode, go and listen to him on Off Menu, as if you haven't already, and that's not why you're here. Uh, go and listen to his Radio X uh, podcast with Matthew Crosby. Go and listen to his Lifers podcast on Spotify. Uh, go and watch him on Mock the Week. Go and find his stand-up special on Amazon Prime. Just go and 
go and watch and listen to everything okay. he's ever done. He's probably Don't everywhere. Get... Um, but if you want to follow him on Twitter, you can follow him at Ed Gamble Comedy. If you want to follow Your Fest Podcast on Twitter, it's at Your Fest Podcast. It's the same handle on Instagram. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Johnny Gabriel please don't follow me on Instagram. And if you want to follow Tommy on Instagram and or on Twitter, his handle is at... Tom Andrew Stew. So go and follow us all. Go and leave us a review. Go and subscribe. Go and listen to our previous episodes if this is the first one you've listened to. Hopefully you'll enjoy them all. Um, and we'll be back with you again next week for episode six of Your Fest podcast. We'll see you again. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. 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 Cheers. <laughs>